book of Acts. I believe and we must have the preaching and we will. The Bible says it's by the foolishness of preaching that we are saved. But when I read the book of Acts, I find out that they weren't as worried about the structure of the service as they were with what was going on in the service. They wanted there to be signs and wonders and miracles and they had prayer meetings and they prayed. That's what happens when a church gets the vision of the book of Acts. And I believe that's what's going on right here. There is a powerful move of God. A powerful move of God. And so I'm going to, he'll be with us this Wednesday and we'll do a lot better introduction. But I want our evangelist to come, Brother Blaine Muse from Louisiana. I got to meet him when I was in Arizona earlier this year. And I'm telling you, the, our spirits just clicked. And, and we set it up, but I, first off, God doesn't do anything by accident, and God knows exactly what we need, and I want him to come. He can absolutely preach, and, 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 and I have no doubt he could preach a masterpiece, but if you don't preach and you minister, I'll be okay with that right now. Because I want God just to begin to have his way in this service. And we need the voice of the evangelist. He's a full-time evangelist. And I want him to come and begin to speak to this congregation, to preach to this congregation, to minister to this congregation. He'll be here Wednesday and we'll do a better, more flowery introduction. But I can't wait. The moment is right now. Would you take your liberty, Brother Blaine? Why don't we lift our hands all over this place right now? Come on, lift your voice with me right now all over this place, not with the beat of the drum. Hallelujah. There's virtue in this place today. I said there's virtue in this place today. You ought to reach out your hand right now and get a hold of something greater than what you are. Come on. The Holy Ghost is moving all over in this house. We bless your name. We bless your name. We bless your name. If you read the book of Job, everything that the devil was allowed to do to Job, he simply just done. When he woke up the morning, his kids died. His livestock was gone. He had no expectancy or no warning shot. It just simply happened. So this is what I feel in the Holy Ghost. There's some people under the sound of my voice that the devil has been warring against your mind and warring against your spirit. And telling you things that he might be able to do and he wants to do and that you are defeated and you can't live for God and you can't be faithful. And that should be confirmation to you right there that you can't do that. Because if he's telling you that's going to happen, it's a good sign it's not going to happen. Because what he can do, he's not going to.
you he can do. But if he's telling you something, he's a liar today. There's no truth in him. You ought to rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I will be healed. I will be delivered. I will be set free. For I shall give unto you power to tread upon serpents and upon scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing, there's nothing you're going through in this place today that God has not given you power to overcome and be victorious through. Hallelujah. That was all free. I give high honor to your pastor, your pastor's wife, this church. Wow, what a church. You can feel the energy. Can I put it to you like this? I know we're on live feed and I get in trouble all the time, so I guess I'm used to it. Not every church has this. You better be thankful when you walk in here there's liberty. Come on, you better be thankful that when you walk in here you know this is an apostolic church. This is an apostolic. There's a spirit of expectancy in this house. And it's a reflection of your leadership today and your pastor and your pastor's wife. You can tell this this church and the leadership of this church serves with a spirit of excellency. And it shows so much. I love you, Pastor. We met January. I think he was wearing camouflage the first time I seen him. No, well, it was at church the night before. But um, I give high honor to him. Appreciate the opportunity to be here. Want to go quickly to Matthew chapter 11, verse number 12. Give honor to the ministry of this church, Brother Lee, a few of the others here. I was in revival in Arizona, and some group of Missouri come out, and I was able to meet some of them. I give them honor today. Matthew 11, verse number 12. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. And the violent take it by force. If you read that in the New Living Translation, it says it like this. And from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. And violent people are attacking it. That, that seems to rhyme with no weapon formed against me shall prosper. If you would lay your Bibles down, lift up your hands all over this place and help me invite God. He's already in this place, but help me invite him into your life and into your spirit and into your need. Come on, there's testimonies that God wants to bring out of this service today if we're willing to reach out and give him everything we have. Come on, I believe you can leave here with the Holy Ghost today. It's the will of God that you leave here changed, delivered, healed, and set free today. He's still a miracle-working God. In the name of Jesus, have your way, God. Have your way, God. And you may be seated in this house. 
it is widely known that when someone would begin to think of Tombstone, Arizona, that your mind will immediately begin to refer to the shootout at OK Corral that we read about in history. But you'll find that Tombstone was originally established of December the 2nd of 1878 and has never been discontinued. On March the 5th of 1879, an official town site was laid out and lots were sold on Allen Street for $5 each. Tombstone had some 40 cabins and about 100 residents. On June the 22nd of 1881, a fire began to destroy most of the eastern half of Tombstone's business district. Having no water to put out the fire, the buildings in the path of the fire were dynamited to slow the engulfing flames. On May the 25th of 1882, another fire then began to devastate Tombstone, destroying most of the western half of Tombstone's business district, including the OK Corral and other famous historic facts. But the citizens of the town at this point would once again begin to rebuild. In 1886, a well was drilled, striking water, and the citizens at that point was thrilled. However, what they did not realize was that this newfound water would end the mining boom of Tombstone and almost end the town completely. Immediately, water began to seep into the mines of the area, and though giant pumps were installed, the seepage could not be stopped. When a fire caught in the pumps, it began to burn to the ground of the central mine of 1886. The water then claimed the mine for good and collapsed upon itself. The disgruntled miners soon found new employment in the copper mine of Bisbee and Tucson and other new mining towns. The nearby town of Charleston and Millville completely died, and Tombstone then lost its boomtown status and began to fade. In 1890, more sophisticated pumps were brought into the mines, and they began to open, increasing Tombstone's population once again. However, by the turn of the century, new flooding would begin, and again it would stop the town's production and the mining for good. In 1929, a vote was moved to the county seat of Bisbee, some 25 miles away, and Tombstone was destined and voted to become a ghost town. However, the citizens of the town banded together to save the town, leaning on its rich history and not on the failures of the town. They begin to focus on Tombstone's opportunity to become tourism through the facts that it had been lived through. Historic shootouts was then reenacted and began to thrill the visitors. And although through history to this day, Tombstone has burned to the ground and flooded over 
over and over and has rebuilt with life and determination that their town would not die. Can I preach to you today? These people believed in what was left standing was worth building on to again. It did not matter what caused the damage. It did not matter the reason what happened. They just kept building over and over again. It's important to realize if they had never been through a fire or a troublesome time in history, the town would not draw the attraction and the amusement that it has today. But something in history is to be said about a group of people that refused to let their town die. The town is still here, not because it was perfect and not because it had problems, but because there was people that was in the town that realized if Tombstone lives, it ain't going to be in the dwelling place, but it's going to be inside of me that this is my town, and as long as I'm here, there will be life in this place. What are you preaching today, preacher? I'm trying to help you today. If I give you my title, that Pentecost is too tough to die. I understand that Tombstone lived again and is still alive today because people refused to stop rebuilding no matter what happened to them. Can I preach to you today? From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God is steadily going forward. That's why I'm here today because I want every devil in hell to know I refuse to let Pentecost die. I refuse to let the experience that we have die in my generation. I refuse to let the Holy Ghost die out in my Come on, is this still the same church that's with me right now? I'm still going to shout. I'm still going to pray. I'm still going to rejoice because I refuse to let it die. One generation away. I watched it in my own family. One generation away. Elder from losing this experience that we have. I wonder today if there's a young person in 2022 that would stand to your feet right now and lift up your hands and say, as long as I'm in this church, Pentecost will always be here. As long as I'm able to clap my hands and lift up my voice, it still will be an experience. This ain't like other religions. This ain't a religion. This is an experience. And an experience is something that happens inside of you. That's why it's important you get the Holy Ghost. That's why it's important you get baptized in Jesus' name. Because until, until it's on the inside, working on the outside, you don't have the experience. You can look at a fire all day long, but until you get it and until you feel it, it's not the same thing. This thing is birthed inside of you. 
I'm thankful you're here today. And I know this is my first service. I'm not trying to clash swords with any visitor in this place today. But you don't know what you're missing if you don't have the Holy Ghost. You don't know what you're missing if the Spirit of God is not on the inside of you. It's the best thing you'll ever have. It'll give you power to tread upon serpents. It'll give you power to walk into your job and lay your hands on somebody and say, be healed in Jesus. Just this past year, in Arizona, I watched a lady come up to the front and had another lady with her. And they were standing there together with their hands lifted. And the Spirit of God began to move into that place. Come to find out that these ladies was married with a child. And they stood there together, first time in an apostolic church, with their hands lifted in the air. And God filled them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You don't have to understand this experience. You've just got to be willing to say, God, I don't know what I feel. I don't know what I understand. But I've got to have you more than anything in this world. I was in... Indiana in Revival, January 2021. Brother Lee, it was seven degrees outside. I was in a camper trailer with my family. By the way, I have a wife and two kids. Thank God. I'm too ugly and fat to try to get married now. You better get married while you look good. I'm just telling you. <laughs> it's downhill from here, okay? So here I am. We roll into town. It's cold. We're trying to get the camper set up. And this guy comes walking through the alley behind where we are. He didn't look like we looked. He didn't smell like we smelled. Life had took its toll on this man. And I'm standing there and I'm trying to get all of my stuff put up. And he's steadily talking. You ever been talking to somebody they just won't shut up? Come <laughs> on, I'm still human too. <laughs> if you've never, well, now I'm going to get in trouble. If, you, if you've never sat by that guy on the airplane, you might be that guy. Come on now. That's <laughs> that wasn't in my notes, but that was the Holy Ghost. So I'm standing here. And I looked at this man. I said, John, that was his name. I said, John, so we start church here at 10 o'clock in the morning. I want you to come. And this is what I told him. I said, God can do anything. He really can. And Sunday morning rolls around. We walk into the church. We're singing, praising God. John comes in late. Same clothes he had on the day before. Sits on the back seat. I preached, altar services flowing. I watched him get up out of his seat, come to the altar. He stood at the altar with tears rolling down his face. He didn't say nothing. He just stood there for a moment. And he, he, he stopped standing and, and he just picked his head up and he turned around and he walked out the back door of the church. Sunday night rolls around. He shows up late, leaves early. 
Tuesday night rolls around, shows up late, leaves early. Wednesday night rolls around, shows up late, leaves early. Thursday night, shows up late, leaves early. The following Sunday morning, I was preaching. Middle of the end of my message, all uh, tongues of interpretation begin to come forth. And I watched him at the back seat as he sat there and he reached down and grabbed a Bible. I don't know what he read, I don't know what he was looking at, but he grabbed this Bible and he, he picks it up. He flips through it for a few seconds, he puts it down and he gets up and he walks out the back door. And in my mind as an evangelist, it was frustrating, Brother Buford, because I was like, God, you got to help me get this guy. Like, I don't believe in coincidences. Sunday night rolls around. He shows up late. Understand this guy is walking six to eight blocks to church every service through the snow. And song service was going forward. And I'm not making light. I'm just telling you what was going on. We had a lady with one leg and a crutch running the aisles in that service. God inhabits. Let me, elders, if it wouldn't be for you, I wouldn't be here today. But if all you can still do is lift up that hand and shout hallelujah, that's all I need for God to come down. It ain't about how much you move around. It's about how much you get. God began to fall in that place just like it did here today. People began to run and shout and leap. And, and we was having a Holy Ghost fit. And John steps out in the center aisle. Calls the traffic jam running the aisles. But steps out in the middle aisle. And I, I stopped running and I walked up to him. You'd have to know my personality. I, I told Brother Easton. I said, I hate crowds, and I hate meeting new people, so God made me an evangelist. <laughs> this don't come natural, I can tell you. And so I, I stopped standing, and I, I stopped running. I stood in front of him, and I said, John, what do you want God to do? And this man looks at me with tears rolling down his face, and he says, I've got two felonies to my name. He said, I can't get a job anywhere in town. Nobody will hire me. He said, the apartment building that I'm staying in right now is currently next week fixing to start being demolished. And he said, I'll be homeless on the street in the winter. He said, I can't get another apartment because they won't show a proof of income. He said, I can't get a job anywhere. Nobody will hire me. And he said, on top of all of that, he said, my roommate that lives in the apartment room with me has came in and taken over. He said, he's a known drug dealer in our area. And he said, I'm on probation. And he said, he steals my food. He steals my clothes. He steals everything I have. And he sells it for more dope and more drugs. And he said, if, 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 and if they come in and catch him, he said, I'm going to go to jail because I'm just, I'm an accessory to this. And I can't be around it. And, and, he, and he, but he looks at me, and I'll never forget the look in his eye. He said, but I feel something in this place. And he said, I don't know why I keep showing back up. And I look at him and I said, John, do you know how to pray? I'm telling you, young people, if you know how to touch God, you better never take it for granted. There's still people out there that don't know how to talk to God. There's still people out there that don't even know there is a God. And he looks at me and he, he, he shakes his hand, Brother Beaver. He said, no, I don't know how to pray. I said, well, here's what we're going to do. I said, John, I'm going to start praying. 
And I said, as I begin to pray, whatever you want to say, you begin to say that to God. He's listening. And I'm not putting accolades. I'm just telling you what God done in that service. He gets all the glory for this. Uh, I begin to pray. I said, God, you see John. I said, you see he don't have a job. You see his roommate and the condition he is in. And I said, God, if it's not in your will to save him right now, would you move him out of the room? And I said, God, John needs a job. And God, John needs something to happen with his criminal record and and the place where he's living. And I said, God, if you'll do that, we'll be so thankful. Maybe you've got a special way you... I don't have that. I'm just country, okay? If you lay down in my town, my feet stick out the other end. It's that little. So realize today, I'm just a country boy. And I said, God, we need you right now. Can I help a young person today when you're at your job and you begin to call on him? God is closer to you right then than he is right now. That's one moment. He's not going to leave you alone is when you're standing in your school or at Walmart and you're praying for somebody. That, that's what we was called to do. He said, go be a witness of me. If I'm obeying that, I'm standing on his word. He's always going to be there. John lifts his hands in the air and he said, God, I need a job, and God, I need an apartment, and God, you see my roommate, and God, here's what I love about it, is when you begin to speak to him, things begin to come out of you that you didn't even know was there. The next words out of his mouth was, God, I don't know who you are, but I need you in my life. I don't know what you can do, but I'm believing right now. I'm believing right now that you can do this. Can I tell you today, within a few moments of time, John was speaking in tongues under the power of the Holy Ghost, not knowing what he felt, not knowing what he had, but understanding that Pentecost is it's for you today. It's for you today. Got done speaking in tongues for the Zane. That's right, right? Where was your pants you had on yesterday? What are you doing? Y'all should have seen this dude. But anyway, I buy pants at Goodwill too. It's okay. I'm never coming back. I'm in trouble. So he gets done speaking in tongues. He puts down his hands. He says, what was that? That's how you know you got the Holy Ghost. When nobody told you how to do it, nobody prepped you how to do it, but you just obeyed what you felt. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. You are to stand to your feet right now and lift up your hands and say, God, feel me before I leave this place today.
Can I just put a disclaimer for Jesus? If you need a job, he can do that. If you need a miracle, he can do that. If you need victory over pornography, he can do that. If you need victory over depression, he can do that. Because all things are... Somebody or just get loose in the Holy Ghost for a minute. This is how we fight. This is how we win. This is how victory comes. Go ahead, Sister Lee. Lift your hands right now. Go ahead, Sister Buford. Pray for her right now. Come on. God's doing something already in this place. You need to obey what you feel in the Holy Ghost. Monday, Monday, I'm laying underneath my camper in the snow with a hair dryer unthawing my water lines. Evangelize, they said. It'll be fun, they said. Unthawing my water lines. I'm as far from spiritual <laughs> as you can get. And I heard somebody say, Brother Muse. And I turn around and I roll out from underneath my camper in a very backslidden state. <laughs> and there stands John. He's smiling from here to here. And he looks at me, he says, You ain't gonna believe this. <laughs> I love bragging on Jesus. He says, since we prayed, I figured, I love new converts, you want revival? Keep praying people through. That's your excitement. That's your pulse. When you lose babies, you forget why you're here. We're the mother. If everybody's perfect, we don't need a church. But as long as there's somebody that still smells like a cigarette, as long as there's somebody that's still battling to I got to finish my story. Y'all killing me. He goes, I went and applied for my job again. The same fast food restaurant, brother, that he had applied for in the past. He said, I walked in the door and he said, the manager looked at me within a few seconds of time. And she said, John, I don't know what's different today, but something's different. Because when you get this experience on the inside. It works on the outside. 
said, oh, what a change. Oh, I wish I could sing right now. I said, oh, what a change it makes inside. She said, we're going to go ahead and hire you. She said, I'm not worried about your felony record. I'm going to go ahead and hire you and let you work two hours today and you come back tomorrow and you can start a whole shift. I went to high-five him, Brother East. East and Zane, okay. I went to high-five him and he says, that ain't all. I said, what else? He said, well, while I was getting ready for the interview, he said, somebody knocked on our door, Brother Lee. And he said, I went and opened the door up to the apartment building and to our room. And he said, it was our groundskeeper. And he said, he just let me know that for some reason on Friday evening, nobody got the notice, but that they had just approved a grant and the town wasn't going to condemn the building, but they was going to restore it and remodel it. And we... You can't tell me God won't work for you. Pentecost is still real. This experience still works. It just needs somebody that has a need to believe that God can do it. Thank you. I don't know why God made me this way, but I can go from carnal to spiritual like that. I don't know. But understand, he come in church the next service. You see, that's what I love about new converts. They don't know when to dance. They don't know when to get out in the aisle and shout. They're just so thankful they got something better than what they had. They'll shout in the offering song. They'll shout in prayer service. They'll speak in tongues all by themselves. Can I preach to you today? You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what he saved me from. You don't know what he delivered me from. Thank God. Come in church dancing and shouting about a week later. He ran up to me. He said, Brother Muse. I said, Yes, sir. He said, You ain't gonna believe this. <laughs> now, granted, you can take this however you want to. But this is what God done, okay? He said, while I was at work, he said, the cops came and arrested my roommate. If it matters to you, it matters to God. Let me preach to the back for a minute. It don't matter if you're depressed. It don't matter if you're addicted. It don't matter what's going on in your life. You just need an experience knowing that God can save you and God can deliver you. Come on, you are to shout with victory right now. You are to shout with victory right now. Pentecost will not die with me. My church will live an experience. Clap your hands all over this place. I got five minutes. Five minutes. That's five minutes worth. You may be seated for just a minute. 
understand that somewhere in the neighborhood of 6 and 4 B.C., our Lord and Savior wrapped himself in flesh, and he came to this earth, and he named him Jesus. And he taught many things and accomplished many miracles. He had more enemies than he did friends. He performed many great miracles. Eyes was cast out. Deaf ears was healed. The lame walked and demons was delivered. Can I tell you today, he was not only a God of the word, but he was a God of demonstration and of power. No wonder it says in 1 Corinthians 2 and 1, and 4, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. I'm thankful for the word of God. But understand, there's a demonstration to this thing. That means he wants to work in your life. That means it's for you. It proved in the word of God. It proved that after he left this earth, 2.5 miles from where he ascended to Jerusalem, and 40 days after the ascension of Jesus, the Bible says that the Holy Ghost fell and over 3,000 people received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And can I tell you, that experience is still alive today. It started in an upper room, and in 2022, it's still available today, sir. Don't let the devil tell you you're not worthy of this. Don't let the devil tell you that you can't live for God. It's a lie today. This experience is for you. As long as there's still breath in your body, you're still available for it. As long as there's still breath in your lungs, he won't give up on you. We found out through history from then until now. People have lost their lives for this truth. Past generations have died and been tortured and persecuted and beaten for this message we have. Countries have been taken over because of the religion and the name of Jesus. People have lied about the church. They started other religions trying to have what we have, but only a form thereof. Preachers have twisted doctrine to create another message than Acts 2. The world has attempted to steal the music. Music. Everybody around us want the anointing that we have, but you can have it without the experience. And through all of this, Pentecost has yet to die. We have found out there's no virus that can stop the church. I'm not worried about monkeypox because I'm already there. There's no president. That can stop the church. Paul and Silas confirmed there is no prison that can stop the church. They killed Jesus and put him on a cross, but he rose in three days, confirming there is no grave that can stop the church. In the back of the book, the Bible says they bound Lucifer and his angels and cast them into the lake of fire, meaning there is no devil that can stop the church. You know what can stop the church? It's me, and it's you, I refuse to let this die.
Hey, way too much at your house the other day. I'm sweating worse than I ever have. I'm burning calories, brother. Understand? I don't know when this church was erupted or erected. I don't know when all this came to place. Brother Lee, I don't know when you got here. I don't know when Brother Buford got here. I don't know nothing about you good people. But as I drove into this city... And as we pulled up on the grounds today in a white Mustang, praise God, we pulled up in this driveway and we sat around and I walked in this office and I walked in this church and I seen the love that you people have and I seen the praise that you people have. Let me just encourage you for a minute. I know within myself the devil has put trouble here. He's tried to put trials here. He's tried to take the revival out of this place. Some people may have given up. Some people may have walked away. Some people may have said there's no way it'll ever be what it is today. But can I preach to you, Brother Buford, I'm not here because it's all been good. I'm here because I've got a mandate. It won't die with me. O'Fallon, Pentecost is too tough to die. Pentecost is too tough to die. matter who comes it don't matter who goes keep preaching truth keep worshiping young people if you're the only person by yourself my youth group was 26 when I hit my teenage years it was me it's easy to shout at youth camp It's easy to shout in the crowd. But when it's Sunday sometimes and you're the only one living for God. See, there's a difference between having the experience and being in the crowd. Oh, God. I don't want, I don't want to just be an observer today, but I want to be a participator knowing that God is in this place today. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to help a young person right now. It don't matter what's going on in your family. It don't matter if you're the only one living for God. You just keep praising him and keeping this thing alive. There's a testimony on the other side. There's a testimony on the other side. This is Blaine 101. Your pastor says something different. He's right. I'm wrong. But I do not believe in third and fourth and fifth and sixth generation apostolic. Every person that has the Holy Ghost is a first generation. My mom and daddy came by my salvation. My grandma and grandpa can't give me a door open into heaven. It says unless a man is born of the water and of the spirit, he can't even enter in. I'm first generation. I'm first generation. That's why I worship. That's why I dance. Is I've got to let it live for me. I lift your hands all over this place. Come on, why did you come to church today? I know that's a very direct question, but I'm asking you right now. Why did you come here? Did you come to be a participator or an observer today? Did you come to get a miracle or did you walk out on another opportunity of the best moment of your life? 
How do you know, preacher? Pentecost is too tough to die. How do you know? Give me Acts 2 and 17. And it shall come to pass. In the last day, saith God. Go back to my text. Please. Pretty please. Oh, there we go. And from the days of John the Baptist until now. Go back to the other scripture. And it shall come to pass. This thing don't have an expiration date on it. I said this thing don't have an expiration date on it. I want to be part of the church. I want to be a part of the experience. Let's all stand all over this place. Music team, you've done a great job today. Come bail me out again. Powerful singing, powerful music, powerful church. It was somewhere 2019. I was at my local church and I was helping with music, playing the drums. And there was a lady in our sanctuary that had been diagnosed with two brain aneurysms and the main blood vessel leading to her brain. It's been about three or four months going on. Doctor visits, doctor's reports. Everything looked hopeless. It looked bleak. And there was no answers. She come to church on Sunday night. As I was playing the drums, God spoke to me on that drum set. I was not full-time evangelizing yet. I was still working a full-time job. I was preaching, but nowhere near the extent of ministry that I am today. And God spoke to me on them drums, and he said, go pray for her. And I did what every one of us do. God, that's just me. That's not you. God, I'm not the preacher today. You know, when that time comes, we'll, we'll pray for her. But you see, moments matter with God. When God's moving, you respond. Amen. And so... We start arguing with God like we really have a fighting chance. And I said, God, if they'll shut this song down on the next turnaround, I'll know it's you. Y'all know how we do like, God, is that you? God, you're wanting to heal somebody, but is that really you? You think it's funny, but it's so true. I'm calling the devil out today. Because how many miracles, let me just, I'm just asking. Since the first day of this year, I've preached 98 times already. How many services have I been in that I missed the moment, Elder? Because I thought it was me and not God. How many times since January the 1st has God told you to go pray for somebody in church? In the offering song. 
he's like, ah. That's something to think about. No sooner than I got that out of my mouth, they ended the song. Why, I don't know. They just shut her down. And I had to live up to my end of the bark. So I put the drumsticks down. That awkward moment, you know how it is. I get up, I ease off the side steps. And I'm, I'm coming through the men on, the, on this side of the church. I come off like Brother Randall and went down. And there was an elder standing there. And maybe you have a reason why you do what you do, but let me explain my reason. Every miracle that I'm a part of, I want it to be about him. Do I believe God can work with just me? Yes. But I want him to get the credit. I walked by the elder and I grabbed his hand. I said, please come go with me. Can I help a young preacher right now? The best thing you can have in your ministry is humility. This is just me today, and God smote me with this some time ago. Could it be the reason we don't see the miracles that the last generation seen? It's because we're worried about what we'll look like and not what he'll look like. I never want to put my name on what God does. I didn't die for you. He did. I grabbed that elder, hold the hand. I brought him down the aisle with me. We walked up to Sister Jenny. Let me give you a backstory. Sister Jenny's 43 years old, somewhere in there, 40 years old. She's got two kids and a single mom, teenage boys. The main blood vessel leading to her brain controlled a lot of her memory. And they told her tampering with this blood vessel and extracting the two brain aneurysms that she had a 90% chance that there would be major brain loss. She would lose function to drive, eat, sleep, walk. She could have complications. And I'm just being real honest with you today. I, your pastor mentioned something last night in the truck, and it was so true. God, I believe, but help my unbelief. I didn't have the faith to tell her God's going to heal you. Knock me for that if you want to, but I didn't walk up to her going, thus saith God. I looked at her, I said, Sister Jenny, I said, God's. God told me to come pray for you. Sometimes all you have to do is what he says. We can get in trouble adding to it. I said, God. She lifted her hands. I said, God. I didn't even have the, I didn't, I'm just being honest. I don't know any of you, but I feel like being very transparent with you. I didn't have the faith to pray God heal her. I didn't. I said, God. 
you see the need. And I said, God, I'm obeying you right now. We prayed the most driest prayer I believe I've ever prayed in my life. Nobody spoke in tongues. There wasn't a crack of thunder. She put her hands down, I put mine down, and the whole church is looking at me like a mule looking at a new gate. (laughs) That's maybe too country for some of y'all. I know there's some good deer hunting in Missouri because that's where I come every year. So I'm hunting in y'all's field. I looked at her. I said, thank you, Sister Jenny. And I turned around and walked away. All the way back to them drums. The devil's right here. See, you missed it. There's no way. You just made a fool out of yourself. Who do you think you are? Why didn't you just let the pastor go pray for him? Well, hallelujah, anyhow. I got back on the drums. We started back singing. Nothing else was said or done that service concerning her. Sunday night ended. Wednesday morning, I was sitting in my truck in Kinder, Louisiana. I was a chief inspector for Tennessee Gas, Kinder Morgan Pipeline. And I was on a conference call, and an operator that was working for me on this project was on an excavator, and I saw his piece of equipment stop on that job location. I watched him jump out of that piece of machinery and run across that ground to my truck. Began to beat on my window, and I muted the call. Rolled the window down. Wednesday was surgery day for Jenny. And he was, he was bawling. He took his hard head off in his shades. He was bawling, crying. He said, bro, bro. And I hung up on the call with my boss. And I said, what is it? Is she Okay. Does she remember anybody? And he's crying. He says, that ain't it. He said, they just wheeled her back out of surgery. He says, what was supposed to be the minimum of six hours was only 15 minutes. He says, they brought her back in the room and they woke her back up and they called the family all in and they said, look, we, we made a mistake. They said, because here is the test that we've had for four months of this brain aneurysm, these two aneurysms we had to get out. He said, but here's the test of today. He said, neither aneurysm's even there. But he said, here's what's unique. And if you're a doctor in this place, I need you. Please, if I call you, please see me and treat me, okay? But I love medical terminology because it don't add up with God. 
They can't explain God. They can't put their stamp on it. When God does it, it's unexplainable. That's why I'm trying to help somebody right now. There can't be a miracle without a mess. There can't be a healing without a sickness. There, there can't be deliverance without an addiction. They said in the blood vessel where each aneurysm is, for some reason, there is a tear. Because when God does it, he leaves evidence. And we have to go back in and somehow fix this vessel. And they said, Miss, Miss Jenny, we, you're free to go. He's that kind of God. That's what Pentecost is. Can I just be a salesman for a minute for Jesus? There's not a better life in this world than living for him. You can have the parties. You can have the entertainment. You can have the alcohol. You can have everything in this world. Just don't take God from me. You can take my air conditioner. You can take my car. You can take this building if you got to. But as long as I've got this experience on the inside of me, it'll live. That's why during COVID, we... We've seen other religions close doors and never open up again. But this apostolic church uh, is still stronger. We're still building churches. Uh, we're still having revival. Why? Because it's not a religion. Uh, it's an experience. Here's what I feel to tell this church. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Pastor, when you go through the Word of God, Jesus done miracle after miracle after miracle. And you want to know what the miracle's done? It drew the crowd. Because demonstration comes before the experience what are you saying today preacher this is what I feel in the Holy Ghost there's fixing to be the miraculous in this church not just because I'm here but there's fixing to be a routine of people being healed and miracles taking place in drug addicts and dope addicts and broken marriages and health why because God is bringing a revival here and as long as the miracles is happening, people's going to show up because they're curious. Follow the word of God. That's why they followed him, to see what happened next. And when he got them all together, then he started preaching to them. Don't be surprised today. There's things going on in some... There is things going on in people's lives in this building right now. And you don't have no idea why it's hit your home. You have no idea why you're going through what you're going through. You didn't do nothing wrong. You didn't say nothing wrong. And you may even pray this prayer. I don't even deserve this, God. 
Can I be real? I'm not preaching to you something I don't believe. My eight-year-old is at home right now with a colon that's wrong, with something going on with it. His pancreas is messed up. His digestive system is shutting down at eight years old. And we're going next week to another doctor in Baton Rouge because they can't figure out what's going on with an eight-year-old and why his digestive system is shutting down and UTIs is contacting his body on a weekly basis. Listen to this preacher. I'm preaching something that I'm standing in. And this is what we do. God, I give you the secret. Your pastor ministered to me. God, I believe. But help my unbelief. No wonder the Bible says in Jeremiah 29 and 11, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. And my ways are not your ways. You want me to tell you why you're going through what you're going through? And I'm preaching to me right now, okay? I'm going through what I'm going through because God wants to use my trial and my issue as a testimony to bring somebody else to him. Your issue right now is the key opening the door to your family coming in here. That's the reason you're... Your issue is the key to revival. Don't get upset with God. Just understand there's revival on the other side of this. There's revival on the other side of this. If you're a minister in this place, I want you to come and line up across this front. You have the approval of your pastor. Brother Buford, you help me with this. Brother Lee, is there somebody else that can play? I want the ministry of this church. Come on, this involves everybody right now. If we don't have no music for a few minutes, that's fine with me. All we need is prayer right now. Too many times we rely on the atmosphere and not the God of the atmosphere. We gotta have the right song, we gotta have the right singer, we gotta have everything right before we know that God can do something. Turn around and face this crowd, please. Make room in this front right now. If there's a need in your body, if there's a need in your life, if you need the Holy Ghost today and you want that in your life, I want you to come up here and get in front of one of these men. Come on. Come on. This is the moment where we respond. Don't back up on me right now. This is the moment we've been preaching about. If there's something in your life you need God to do, why don't you get out of your seat and make your way up here right now? Come on. Come on, church. We're going to push through this right now. Don't worry about who's beside you. Come on, as the church gathers in. Come on. Come on. Somebody help me right now. Come on, young people. Get out of your seat right now. Come up to the front. Lift your hands. Come on. Let God do something in your life. Come on. There's testimonies in this place right now of the greatness of God. Come on, with somebody gather in right now. Come on. Come on, there's still way too many people in your seat. Why don't you get out of your pew right now? Come on, help me pray right now. Help me pray right now. 
If one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. We gotta pray today. Come on, be healed in Jesus' name. 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 Come on, let's hear. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Let God arise in this place. Come on, that's it, young people. Pray with each other right now. Help God right now. Yes, 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 yes. I believe God, but help my unbelief. I believe God, but help my unbelief. There's a dimension breaking loose in this place. Receive the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Be loosed in the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. Come on. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. Come on, you feel that? That's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. He cut y'all. Come on, come on. God's working right now. God's working right now.
Come on, find somebody and lay your hand on their head and say, be healed in Jesus' name. Be loosed in Jesus' name. Be delivered in Jesus' name. Let go, let go, let go, let go, let go. I don't know how God, I don't know when God, but I believe, I believe, I believe. Come on, this is the sounds of revival. This is the sounds of revival. This is the sounds of another dimension. Come on, all the way in the back, grab somebody's hand and pray with them right now. Don't be an observer, but be a participator right now. Be a participator right now. Ask somebody, what do you need? Help me pray with you. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. This place with the sound of victory. You are to lift up your voice right now without the beat of the drum. Let victory rise in this place. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Victory, victory, victory. I'm no longer depressed. I'm no longer addicted. I'm no longer sick. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. Come on, God's fixing marriages in this place right now. Come on, I feel that in the Holy Ghost. God's fixing marriages right now. God's fixing struggles right now. Brother Easton, lift your hands right now. Lift your hands right now, Brother Easton. God's fixing a release anointing right now in the name of Jesus.
Right now, the state of Missouri has begun to experience a drought. But there is a spiritual drought in some of your lives, but I'm praying right now in the name of Jesus, by the power and the authority of the Holy Ghost, that rivers of living water would flow into your dry souls. It's been a while since you worshiped him and speaking with other tongues. It's been a while since the oil of the Holy Ghost and the water of the Holy Ghost has flown through you. But I pray right now, rivers of living water, there is not a spiritual drought here. There may be natural, but it is not spiritual. Flow right now. Flow right now. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Lift your hands all over this place. Come on, lift your hands all over this place. If you need a renewing of the Holy Ghost, God can do that right now. Come on, musicians, help me right now. Singers, help me right now. We're fixing to put a praise on this. We're fixing to stamp this place with the sound of victory and with the sound of deliverance and with the sound of praise. Come on, come on, come on. The Holy Ghost is moving. I said the Holy Ghost is moving. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Is anybody ready to help me praise him for a few minutes? Come on, is anybody help ready to help me lift him up in this place? Before they start singing, find you a praise partner right now. Find you somebody that'll worship God and get with them right now. Come on. Come on, it's important. It's important today. Uh, Let's praise him together. Let's worship him together. Show me, show me one thing he can't do. Show me a mountain he can't move. He's the God of the breakthrough and anything is possible.
this place. Break loose in this place. Don't wait for the next section rally. Break through right now. Show me one thing that's too hard Show me one 
Hallelujah. We're so thankful for what God is doing here at Lighthouse. And I'm thankful for Steve and for wanting to be baptized in Jesus' name. I love what watching him sit on the front row and worship. And we're going to baptize him in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you today for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. And Lord, we've made this decision to be buried with you in the waters of baptism. And so I pray right now that as he goes down into the waters in Jesus' name, he comes up in newness of life as the Holy Ghost begins to be real and take over our life. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. 
by Stephen in the matchless name of Jesus for the removal of his sins. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We'll turn into praise. Break.